welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game and see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill, this is episode 153. Thanks for listening. Welcome back everybody, and Happy New Year! This episode is dropping in the dregs of 2018, milling around down there with the cigarette butts and the used tissues and old candy wrappers that are the end of the year, metaphorically. I hope that you all have had a happy holiday season. I hope that your end of the year is bright and that your year to come is even brighter. How should we close out this year? Oh, I know. We could talk about one of the strangest aspects of the year. This guy. Gonna prove that the world is flat in his rocket ship. Or else he'll go splat. He's Mad Mike Hughes. Mad Mike Hughes. For at least the third week in a row, I got nothing new to say about Mad Mike Hughes. Probably still smarting over uh, Rich Branson getting his goat with that whole rocket up in the space thing. So I guess we'll close up the Mad Mike Hughes mailbag for today. I wish we had a Mad Mike Hughes mailbag. Mad Mike, please write to me. You're apparently not doing anything else. Uh, you know, drop me an email. Tell me what's new. Send me one of those uh, Mad Mike Hughes bunnies. Well, bet you uh, were all excited because you were going to have some company make toy bunnies. I guess with little spacesuits on? I don't know. But they're supposed to be toy bunnies. Send me one. Or a t-shirt or something. We, we can We can chat. But for right now... I got nothing to say, so let's close it up. Gonna prove that the world is flat in his rocket ship, or else he'll go splat. He's Mad Mike Hughes. Mad Mike Hughes. Alright, as I mentioned uh, up top, if you don't know, it's the end of 2018. Way back before podcasts were a thing, I had a blog. I know, I know, I was one of those cutting-edge people, those rare, special folk who actually had a blog. I'm kidding, of course. Everybody had a blog once upon a time, and I was no different. I've kind of stopped posting there. I think mostly what goes up there now are the show notes for this podcast. But once in a year, once a year, I dust the thing off, and I write a little post summarizing some of the world events that have happened, good and bad. And I call it Good Night 2018. I don't call it that every year. That would be confusing. <laughs> so, last year, for example, I called it Good Night 2017. And the year before that, get ready, I called it Good Night 2016. I think you see the pattern. So, yeah, so I just recently put up the post for Good Night 2018. Uh, it's up there, com. Uh, Now, here's the thing. I don't just make a list of events and people and whatnot. I write the thing in the style of Goodnight Moon, which is the classic children's picture book by Margaret Wise Brown. No, there's no pictures. I have really very little drawing ability. I have very little writing ability, too, but I still pursue that. Uh, I kind of gave up a long time ago on any dream. Not that I really ever had a particular dream, but I, I disabused myself of the idea that I could be like a, 
like a graphic novelist. I could write the story. If anyone wants to collaborate with me on a graphic novel, hit me up. Um, but I, I would have to have somebody else do the art. So, no pictures, but the the structure, the phrasing, because Goodnight Moon really is just kind of a poem spread out over the pages of a picture book. So, basically, it's a poem eulogizing or celebrating or commemorating or, or whatever the year gone by. So, please go check that out, williamallenpepper.wordpress.com. I will, of course, put a link in the show notes. All right, well, it's been a holiday time here. Not a lot of news. Well, a lot of news in the world, but nothing we really need to talk about here. So let's just get on with this week's game. We got parties to get to. I don't really have parties to get to. If anyone wants to invite me to a New Year's party, go ahead. It's probably safe, because very possibly by the time you're hearing this, New Year's is actually over. So you could invite me. You wouldn't have to worry about me actually coming. That's the best kind of invitation for somebody. If you uh, if you invite them and you, you know that they're not going to come, but you can still claim credit for having made the invitation. That's really what the life is about. The pretense of actually trying to uh, engage with other people. Remember that, kids. Anyway, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah. Let's get on to this week's game. This week's game is... Uh, just kidding. We don't have a game this week. We're doing something a little different. We took a game break for the holiday season. Instead, we're going to the movies. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. In a little bit, you will hear a review of Megaforce. The 1982 hit, It Wasn't a Hit, starring box office action hero megastar Barry Bostwick. You know, he was going to play Rambo. No, really, look it up. It's probably on the internet somewhere. Megaforce had a budget of $20 million. You know, and this was 1982, so $20 million was was not, you know, nothing to sneeze at. But it only took in $5.7 million at the box office. Critics hated it. It got a 0% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. But hey, as director Hal Needham pointed out, there's lots of guns and explosions, but no one dies in the movie. Of course, Needham also compared the movie to a James Bond film, so make of that what you will. And we're devoting this whole episode to it. Happy New Year, folks. Speaking of Atari, which we do on an Atari podcast, 20th Century Fox authorized an Atari game tie-in for the movie called, wait for it, Megaforce. Now, compared to the movie, the game is better? You can hear me say more about that and make up a Megaforce-related story that has nothing really to do with the movie or, frankly, with the game. Way back, I think, in episode 129? Go look for that. If it's not 129, listen to that episode anyway, and then go find the one that's Megaforce, which is somewhere around there. But I'm pretty sure it's 129. Okay, let's get to the movie review. After the break, I'm going to be joined by a special guest to do just that. Yep, this movie is so big, It took two people to review it. Who is my special guest? Well, 
obviously you haven't read the title for this week's episode on your podcatcher, but I will just go ahead and say this. Special guest is not one of my kids. It's not my wife. Many of you will know who this person is. He's the host of the Atari 2600 Game by Game podcast. He co-hosts uh, a podcast called Please Stand By, and he pops up from time to time on many other shows, like this one. Now, I know I have this guy's name written down here somewhere. Where is it? Uh, Herbert? No. Robert. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Henderson. Thompson. Uh, oh, Ferguson. Robert Ferguson. That's it. I'm just kidding, of course. I was really excited when this guy said he'd come on the show. And we had a lot of fun talking about this awful movie. And I really hope he comes back soon. Maybe I'll let him watch a better movie next time. So, after the break, Ferg and I go to the movies with Megaforce. Okay, so we're here with Ferg. Everybody's listening to Atari Bytes knows who Ferg is, uh, so I'm not going to do a whole formal introduction. Um, but uh, I'll just say, you know, welcome to Atari Bytes, Ferg. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for asking me to do this, I, I think. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 almost, I almost regret having made you do this, actually, uh, for, our first, uh, for our first formal meeting here. When I started doing Atari Bytes, you were one of the first guys who kind of came up to me, so to speak, on social media and said, you know, welcome to the community, and, and you've always been very uh, open with, with submissions and, and giving me gentle advice when I say something stupid, and I really appreciate that. So I, I really uh, am excited to have a chance to talk to you sort of in person, so to speak. So Yeah, me too. Me too. I love your show. It makes me laugh every week, and I'm... Also, uh, I love the uh, it's a it's a podcast, Charlie Brown as well. Oh well, thank you, thank you. We'll work something out. Maybe you can be on uh, maybe you can be on that show sometime. So this episode is going out around New Year's, and I thought I this year I would do take a little break from playing games, and I thought I would talk about a uh, a movie, uh, an, a video game connected movie somehow. Uh, I guess I'll back up for a second. It's New Year's. Uh, Happy New Year's, by the way. Happy New Year. Are, are you a big New Year's kind of guy? Are you, are you, you always do a Christmas show every year, I know, on your show and, and all of that, but are you a big New Year's guy? Do you go out and watch a ball drop or uh, any of that kind of stuff? <laughs> no, we haven't in a long time. Uh, we used to do that. We used to go to um, uh, my in-law's house every New Year's Eve, but we kind of stopped doing that because, um, well, before that, usually Sarah was asleep by 12 o'clock, so, <laughs> and I'm usually up. Uh, we, I usually have the day off, and I'm usually up because that's my schedule now. Sure. Um, but what we've been doing the past couple of years, uh, Sarah and I will play all the games that I covered during the year and oh, do yeah. a live stream of it on New yeah. Year's Eve. That's right. I, yeah. I've forgotten that. So, uh, you know, as people are listening to watching you do that, if they need a break, then they can come listen to this episode of Atari Bytes. So it works out pretty good. Uh, how about New Year's resolutions? Do you make uh, you know plans for the new year, that kind of thing? No, I don't. <laughs> they don't last very long anyway, so I don't bother. All right. Well, then a good way to spend the end of this year was watching Megaforce. That's the movie we watched this time. Like I said, I was looking around. I thought, I want a movie that's kind of a, connected somehow to a video game. I did Megaforce on the podcast uh, uh, earlier this year. I think it was episode 129. 
of my show for anyone who wants to go back and listen to that. Uh, and I know you've done Megaforce on your show, of course. Yes. And then at some point I heard you also mention you had not yet seen this movie, and I haven't either until now. So I thought, well, that might be a good one to do. So <laughs> in retrospect, perhaps – hey, we could have uh, done – my first choice was going to be the Mario Brothers movie. So – Oh, well, that I, – I like that movie. I actually haven't seen it. <laughs> well, all right. If I'd, known, if I'd known that, I would have picked that. But then oh, I thought, well – It's all right. I did want to – Yeah. Point. So uh, I was saying, uh, you know, I was going to pick the Mario Brothers movie, which I haven't seen, but I thought, well, Mario, you got Donkey Kong, but Mario isn't really a, an Atari thing. Uh, it's not really an Atari icon, so I thought, uh, I don't know if I want to do that. But then I heard neither of us had seen Megaforce, and I wanted an excuse basically to, to have you on the show, so I thought, all right, well, let's do Megaforce. For those who don't know, this is a 1982 action film. Starring uh, well-known action hero, Barry Bostwick. Um, <laughs> now, I'll be honest. I've only seen, before now, I'd only seen Barry Bostwick in two things. Uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show and uh, that 1990 sitcom, Spin City. Two things I liked, but not, neither of which made me think, let's put this guy in an action movie. Right. Um, how about you? Are you, are you? are you a Barry, do you belong to the Barry Bostwick fan club or anything? <laughs> Well, I guess the first thing I did see him in was Rocky Horror, like you said, and I watched him in Spin City. I think I watched the George Washington. Uh, he was in. He played George Washington. Did he? I think it was. Yeah, it was some kind of TV, either miniseries or just movie. Pretty sure he did. I remember was watching he... that. I don't remember that, but all right. Uh, and I guess maybe <laughs> he rode a horse or something in that movie. Sure did, yeah. Um, so I, I had to get around my head around that idea. Of Barry in, in an action movie. So uh, it's an action movie written by four stuntmen, I think, uh, as the lore goes. Um, and I think you can kind of tell. Um, <laughs> yeah, a lot of stunts in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I guess this might be a good time to kind of give overall impressions. Overall, and we'll get into the details, I guess, in a minute. Overall, what did you think of the movie? Uh, it was terrible. Is really, I don't know. The, I mean, the action was good. There was a lot of action in it, I guess. But the effects, some of the effects were really, really bad. I agree. And of course, it's yeah, it's hard to sometimes to watch something in context. I know this was 1982, but I mean, just the way he was looking at Persis Kambata was just made me feel icky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I have thoughts about that character uh, in a minute too. Overall. Uh, okay, here's the thing. This is a terrible movie for lots of reasons, but yeah, I, I, I'm going to be honest here. I had a good time watching it. Um, Did you? Yeah. Uh, this is not my genre. Uh, this is not the kind of movie I go for. I, I, I made my family watch it for Saturday night. Sometimes is movie oh, night. No. So I said, and I didn't. I had to get this in until they knew we were going to record today. So I thought, well, when am I going to watch this? Oh, no. So I thought, okay, family, I need a favor. You're all going to hate this movie, uh, but let's <laughs> sit down and watch it. And everyone, including my nine-year-old son, who this movie is made for, yeah. he hated it. Uh, <laughs> and I did too, and I get it. I would only – if I rated it, I would give it maybe two stars out of five. Two? Maybe. <laughs> but at the same time, I kind of had fun. Oh, I, I kind of wish – <laughs> Yes, that's on me. Uh, 
I kind of yeah. wish they had made the sequel that supposedly they were going to make. Oh, yeah, I did hear about that, yeah. Yeah, and I, I guess they even – I guess the subtitle – if you look at the movie poster for this movie, the subtitle – actually, I got it right here. Deeds, Not Words. That was supposed to be right. the title of the next movie that they never made, and I totally understand why they never made it. Yeah. But at the same time, yeah, it's a bad movie, no doubt. I was, I was kind of confused about – what kind of movie it was like it, was it an action was it a sci-fi movie i couldn't really tell well i i couldn't tell where you know when it took place if it took place now it was some kind of uh post-apocalyptic thing it was hard to tell well and that's a good point because i going into it when i heard about the movie and even when i talked about it a little bit when i was playing the game i kind of thought it was a post-apocalyptic thing yeah so that's what, where my head was at, which also is not a genre I really get into. Um, but I thought, okay, well, let's see what it is. But I don't think it is. I think it's supposed to be present day, regular world. I think the idea, and I guess here we're kind of getting into the story of the movie, Megaforce, I think, is like this secret organization, except that all the governments know about it. Right. Um, <laughs> and they have – and all the governments – you sort of secretly give money to this group of uh, soldiers to to build all this amazing weaponry and vehicles and stuff. And they have this hidden underground bunker and whatnot, and then the governments of the world ask them to come do secret missions, which aren't right. secret at all. Um, right. <laughs> but I think it's supposed to be present day. Actually, okay. I read some, somewhere – maybe it was – I don't know where it was – Wikipedia or IMDb or something. One of the writers talking about in Desert Storm – how a lot of the vehicles he thought were sort of uh, reminiscent of the vehicles in the movie. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Whether that's intentional or not, or if he was just seeing it that way, I don't know. But So I think their their idea was, no, this is current technology, only way cooler. At least that, right. was, the, that was the idea. Their ability to pull that off, of course, like you said, the special effects are terrible. Yeah, and yeah. not terrible in the... MST3K, boy, this movie's laughable, terrible. These are just bad special effects. Yeah. Um, so as we go along here, I'm going to talk about all the stuff about how horrible this movie is, uh, <laughs> despite the fact that I said I had fun watching it. Uh, so Megaforce is this secret organization. I had a hard time figuring out the, the plot. Yes. Shockingly, I think – and you can help me out here. I think the movie opens with – some sort of a battle between these two countries, Sardoon and Namibia. Right. I think uh, uh, Sardoon wants to go to war with Namibia, but they don't want to start it. Is that what's going on? And then I thought Namibia was attacking Sardoon. They are actually attacking them. Okay. I think so. And then um, Devin and um, Persis Kabata come and try to get them the. Uh, the Megaforce to help them against Namibia. That is so awesome. You called him Devin, too. Yes. Oh, so, yes. So did I. In my notes, I, did, I couldn't figure out what, what his character's name was, so I just kept calling him Devin. General yeah. Devin from uh, from Knight Rider, yeah. of course, for people who don't know, uh, which is right around the same time as this movie, I think. Um, That's true. That's been, true. You're right. I've been listening to another podcast called uh, Champion and Klein, The Knight Rider Years. And they've been going episode by episode through Knight Rider. So I've been watching a lot of Knight Rider lately. Nice. And uh, so that's who I see when I see that that, that guy on screen. Yeah. So, yeah. So General Devon and what, – what's what's her name? Persis Kambada, right? Kambada is the, act- the actress. That's the Major, actress. 
right? Major Zara, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So they go to find the Megaforce. I thought the idea was they wanted the Megaforce to do some to to blow something up in Namibia, so that Namibia would start a war with Sardun, and Sardun could be like, "Oh no, they started a war with us." That kind of thing. But maybe they were already in a war, and this was just another way to attack them. I, I don't know. Yeah. So, so they go find the Mega Force, which apparently is really easy. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they roll up in, in the right. desert in their limousine. I can't remember now. There's something weird about how they met, and General Devin's all grumpy about how they're not rolling out the red carpet or something. Right, yeah. They have to go like, yeah. in the middle of the desert somewhere. and. Right. Yeah. So then, what's his name? The driver, Dallas, comes up. He picks up our, our, our the general and uh, uh, the the what's her rank? Is she a, a Major, colonel? Major Zara. Yeah. They take them to go find to go meet Barry Bostwick, basically. Ace Le- Hunter. <laughs> yeah, Ace Hunter. Yeah. There's and, and he's the he's the leader of the group, but nobody uses ranks apparently, so they don't right. call him. General or commander or whatever. They go meet Ace Hunter. They go through all the stuff. We want to hire you, blah, blah, blah. We're a secret organization. They meet uh, some of the people inside the Megaforce, show us all the cool technology. Am I am I skipping anything over here that's uh, vital? No, I don't think so. Vital. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I heard, When I heard myself say that, I thought, wow. I, I give this movie a lot of credit. Uh, yeah. I think is it pretty quickly after after they meet that they uh you know, they start forming their plan obviously what they're going to do and right. even though Persis uh, Kambada whose name I still can't get Zara Zara Zara, Zara. I keep I, for some reason I keep uh, floating out of my head right Zara even though she is obviously a high ranking member of the Sardoun military suddenly she needs to be trained yeah um, to do all this stuff and there's about a forty five minute montage of them skydiving uh it, yes. to me it seemed to take for, so it took forever for them to get to the ground and they had did they have like a like a flight simulator thing i think and and uh some other stuff like that and and, and she's clearly knows what she's doing um, right she's yes. clearly very competent all of that and, but what's his name ace hunter isn't going to let her go on the mission right and then there's this, she's, what, go ahead. I'm sorry. Because she's an outsider. She's an outsider. Although yeah. it's pretty much code for she's a woman. Right. <laughs> which begs the question, why did they spend the last hour of this movie? At least that's what it felt like training her. So I don't get that. You got to get your romantic tension in there, Bill. Well, clearly that's what it was supposed to be. And, and, yes. <laughs> and maybe I'm not a, a romantic. I don't know. But uh, I, I've never made my wife uh, jump out of an airplane. Uh, no. To, to be romantic, so in the the big the it's not only a problem that she clearly is a competent character and they they should let her go on the mission. I think it is literally, and she is rightly upset about that. I think it's literally the next scene, and she's entirely okay with not going with Ace yeah. on the mission, and they have a big makeup. That was unfortunate, yeah. <laughs> it's, I don't think there's anything in between. There's no, there's no. Uh, the character just does a complete 180 at that point. Yeah. Um, uh, that might have been where the the weak writing showed a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I think maybe it did. Uh, 1982. Um, your 1982 was showing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Alright, so I'm looking at my notes here. Oh! Um, at, at this point, my notes, I for some reason, though we've seen it for a while in the movie, I just kind of sitting there, I felt compelled to make a note about Barry Bostwick's beard and his headband. Oh. Um, I thought that was, that was 1982 written all over it as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think he said, uh, I was reading somewhere, he said that he had grown it for another role, maybe in the Pirates of Penzance that he was doing, and he just kept it because he thought that the character needed it or something. I'm not sure about the headband, though, and the uh, extremely (laughs) blow-dried hair. (laughs) Oh, man, he looks weird in this movie. He does look a little weird, especially for me, because, like I said, I've only seen him in two other things. So, (laughs) wow. This this guy is uh he's something. I also like the uh the, as long as we're talking about l- appearances, I, I like the ascots that everybody seems to wear in oh. these movies too. <laughs> it looks good. Did you see who did the costuming in this movie? I didn't notice actually. Who was it? Mattel. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I want to know: is there a line of Megaforce toys? No, I don't think so. I think there was just like, um, oh, what was it? Uh, they did, they put the the property on, oh gosh, what was it? Um, Hot Wheels, I think? Well, that would be a natural fit, yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, and a vertibird? What's a vertibird? I can't remember now. Uh, um, toy? That makes sense. It's a helicopter. Yeah, so they branded that with Is the... Is that the helicopter? Okay. At Megaforce as well, but that's it. Uh, other than the game... <laughs> Well, yeah, in the game, I'm. Uh, yeah, I have to go to e- uh, eBay and look for some of those Hot Wheels. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. I don't. Know, where are we at now? Do you remember where we're at in the movie at this point? Yeah, uh, she she went on her merry way, uh, right. happy she, that she couldn't be in the Megaforce. <laughs> <laughs> She's cool that she got to kiss Barry Bostwick. I guess that's a cool thing. I don't know. So I'm noticing in my notes here we we kind of skipped over uh, Guerrera. Oh uh, yes, because there was a his, and he's sort of important. I, I think they, General Devon and and Ace and Zaro spent a long time talking about Guerrera, didn't they? I he's, think. Did they? Bill, I'm sorry. I don't, <laughs> I don't I blame you. Take notes of this movie, and I just got so disgusted with it. <laughs> so I'm and I I have notes. I'm kind of lost in my notes here. Oh, yeah, it was before the skydive that they mentioned Guerrera. Okay. Uh, so. Guerrero's an old friend of Barry Bostwick's, uh, Ace Hunter. They were both, I guess, soldiers in the same army or something. They went to the same military academy. That's what it was. Yeah. But I guess the, the thing that split them up is Ace is the idealist, and, and Guerrero was just in it for the money. And he he went off to do his own thing, I guess, basically. Yep. But now he's working for the Gamibian army. Oh, I think he's the head of it, right? Is he the head? Yeah, I guess he's he's the he's the head or whatever. The general, the Namibian army. I couldn't figure out if he was part of the military or if he was like a hired mercenary or something. I, I don't know, but you're probably yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So it just adds more backstory for uh, for Ace. Uh, right. Oh, as long as we're jumping back here before the skydive, I have in my notes, and I don't remember what it is. Holographic cartoon pig. What was that? Oh, they were yeah, they were using holograms. First, I forget why they were using it, but um, I think uh, at in the there was a climactic scene in the battle where they used a hologram to distract one of the 
Gamibian people, I think. Yes, you're right. It was just <laughs> why put that in there? <laughs> and I, well, yeah, I, I, I thought that was weird. And that's how they hid, how they hid the Megaforce headquarters too, right? Oh, I think you're right. Yeah, I it was like so. a hollow because they use it a couple of times. It's like a hologram of a beach, which is weird because it's the desert. Uh, right. I guess maybe it makes sense. And in both t- both times, there was a, like a girl in a bikini. Of course. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> walking on the beach. All right. So anyway, so we're back to uh, – they're ready to go on the mission, I guess, basically at this point. Yes. They've done all the training. They've kicked Zara out. Oh, yeah. Zara's final line, I think, at that point, even though I'm not going, I'm glad I came this far. And then they right. have been made out. That's right. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> General Devon, I have a note here that General Devon wears huge glasses. So yes. It struck me when I was watching the movie. They're all okay. So now they're flying to Gamibia. They're all on the plane. There's about a, a 48 minute scene of them sitting on the plane, not doing anything. <laughs> no. uh, somebody's got a Rubik's cube. Uh, it's the 80s, of course. They had a yeah. Rubik's cube. Somebody's doing a crossword puzzle, uh, fascinating stuff like that. So, yeah. and then we have we we cut to the the Gamibian soldiers. They're just kind of hanging out. I don't know if they're guarding like a field depot or something. I'm not sure what they're guarding. It's the thing that's about to get attacked. Right, right, right. I think it's the base. Is it the base that they're I suppose, attacking? I suppose yeah. it's the base. I kept calling it a field depot. I don't know why. I thought maybe I heard somebody say that. but Well, there's a bunch of field depots in the game. Oh, is that, <laughs> was that what, maybe that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Um, so we see these two soldiers playing chess. And I think – my notes aren't real clear. They're having like a conversation, I think, about what they're doing there, basically, and how they're supporting the revolution. Um, I don't even remember this part, Bill. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> no, I didn't write a whole lot. I just thought – I think I made note of it because I thought, well, is something going to come of that where like the soldiers are going to revolt against the war or something? But of course, nothing does. Nothing comes of that. So our friends at Megaforce make their big jump out of the plane, and they're on motorcycles, I think. Right? They're on motorcycles, and they also uh, drop tanks too, don't they? Yeah, I think so. Can yeah. you actually do that? Can you drop a tank with a parachute? I mean, you can <laughs> I drop supplies, I, I know, but it seems like a tank is pretty heavy for a parachute, isn't it? I, I would imagine so, yeah. If anybody listening has dropped a tank with a parachute, let <laughs> me know. For some reason, there's a 3 minute and 55 second Maybe, did it start at four minutes, maybe? When I looked at the screen at one point, it was three minutes, 55 seconds, and it's counting countdown. down. Yeah, I couldn't understand that. What was the point of the countdown? I don't know. <laughs> at first, I thought it was something on um, – because I watched it on Amazon. It's like, is this a countdown that my rental's going to go? <laughs> I watched it on Amazon, too. That means <laughs> I hate to I hate to remind you this. We both paid to see this both movie. Paid for this, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I really thought hard about it, too. I thought – Okay, it's three dollars. Yeah, and I'm making my family watch it on top of that. So I do this. <laughs> yeah, all right, I'll do it. So, but anyway, yeah, because I thought, well, that's weird because they made a big deal on the screen. It's huge. The numbers are huge. This four-minute countdown. Yeah. But again, nothing really comes of that. So, so there's a whole series of explosions. I think as they start blowing stuff up. A lot of explosions, yeah. Yeah, this is you know you want people have been waiting. I don't know how far we are into the movie at this point. I didn't make, I didn't make any notes of, of timestamps, but we're we're are we, we're halfway through the movie at least at this at point, right? Yeah, yep. And we're just now getting to the explosions. So we get a bunch <laughs> of explosions, 
And then I made a note here that there's been four months of explosions, and now they're being stealthy because they start suddenly being real quiet yeah. and secretive. <laughs> I just thought it was weird. Yeah. You got that weird doctor, too, is all excited about stuff. Is that at this point where he gets so excited he rips off his glasses and breaks them on the floor? Oh, oh is that is that Egg? We didn't talk about Egg. Is it Egg? Is that his name? Well, there's the, there's the doctor in the lab coat. Yes. That guy. He was in. He was there earlier when they were showing us around Megaforce, and, and you kind of got the sense he was going to be more of a character than he really is. Yeah. Uh, he, he, I thought he was like the – well, he is, I guess, like the cue to James Bond, you know? And okay, yeah. I, you right. expect a scene where he like shows us all the stuff. Yeah. Um, this is our motorcycle with wings on it, and, and you know, this is our, our flame-retardant flame uh, gold spandex suit. That everybody wears, and it kind of disturbed my wife, actually. Uh, I guess I'll throw this in here. There are a lot in this movie, a lot of butt shots. Yes! <laughs> I don't need to see that much of Barry Bostwick's butt. <laughs> and I get it's for the ladies, I guess, but my wife was like, whoa, that's a lot yeah, of Barry was... Bostwick uh, hanging out there. There's nothing left of the imagination. No, not at all. I asked her if I had showed up for our first date in gold spandex, <laughs> would we still be sitting here, you know, 17 odd years later? And she said, no, oh. we would not. So, <laughs> but, but, it, so, but at this point in the movie, they're not wearing the gold spandex. No. Um, well, he always is, right? I guess he pretty much always is. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and his blue headband. Yeah. God. I'm reading. I'm trying to read something I wrote here. What does that say? <laughs> I hate when I do that. I can't read. <laughs> I don't Happens. know who said this. The quote is, "With all this technology, we're likely to get automated right out of a job." Do you, I don't know what. Remember that? Was it one of the? Um, it was one of the. Oh gosh, now I can't remember which one it was. I remember. I remember hearing that. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's not important, but I, I, at the time, apparently, I thought it was important enough to actually write the whole quote down. Right. Um, so we then we see sort of where the Megaforce has set up their their camp. They blew all this this base up, I guess, and now they're. I think the deal is they're waiting now for their rescue plane to come yes. back them up, right? So they got a big tent, looked like a big UFO shaped tent to me, uh, and that's where they're keeping all their equipment. Right. Oh, and I may note here, here's where we see the hologram again uh, of the beach. So you can't – it's hiding their tent. But there's like somebody in a, in a on a motorcycle watching them, I think. Oh, and gosh. Talking, I can't and he's talking on a walkie-talkie. Oh, is it the um, the number two to Guerrera? That guy? Yeah, I guess yeah. so. Because at first I thought, well, is that Guerrera? But then he was kind of bumbling and stuff, and I figured, well, that, that must not be him. But he's probably his number two. You're right. I think I think it's at that point then we actually see Guerrero, right? You yeah, because at, they were supposed to take him out, I think, but they couldn't – all that exploding and they couldn't take him out. So oh. now they're able to um, – they're going to retaliate now because I think there was some kind of government declaration of war. Oh, okay. You understand. So now they're going to retaliate, so they, they have to get out of there. All right. Well, yeah, I get that the, now they got to get out. I thought – well, all right, we'll talk about Guerrero for a minute because in my notes here at this point, they have this whole thing with the lighter, Ace's lighter. 
Uh, yeah, I didn't understand that. <laughs> He's mad because at some point in the past, when they were still friends, Guerrero got hold of Ace's lighter, and it actually says Ace on it. Oh, okay. And he kept it. Uh, okay. Ace Hunter is still, I don't know how long ago that was, but he's still really bent about it for some reason. <laughs> of course he is. <laughs> <laughs> and I, th- I, think, I think it comes up because they actually show Guerrero standing there on his, on his tank, flicking the lighter. Right. He's still, he's right. still got it. Yeah. Okay. Maybe my notes jump ahead here because I think this at this point I think the, the two of them meet and they're talking yeah. about the lighter and Barry Bostwick's like, well, just keep it. I guess. Yeah. yeah. And at that point, General Devon and Zara fly in, which is weird because they're in Namibia, right? Yes. Yes. yes yeah. It's very strange. I was like, I thought this, there was a war going on and everybody's <laughs> flying in and everybody's just talking to each other. It's yeah. like, what is happening here? <laughs> We also find out here, at least it was news to me at this point, that Zara is also the daughter of the president of Sardoon, apparently. Oh, she is? <laughs> I think they said that. And I thought, wait, did they say that before? I, I don't know. Oh. And again, it really never comes of anything. So uh, my note here at this point is this is a super crowded secret mission because <laughs> everybody's here in the middle of this war zone. Oh, um, and then they have this sort of BS explanation for why they're going to leave the Megaforce there. Devin, General Devin, whatever his name is in this movie, says, well, geez, uh, Ace, you did way too good of a job. You blew up a whole ton of stuff. And now it's being declared an act of war, and we're just going to have to leave you here. And then there's the stuff about Barry Bostwick saying, you know, okay, fine. It's all on a wheel. Uh, meaning it all comes back around. He's going to get his revenge somehow. Yeah. General Devon flies away. Zara looks very sad, I think, at that point. It, isn't that where he says something? Uh, Barry Bostwick says something about how I'll meet you tomorrow at some hotel in London or something. Oh, yeah. Or maybe he said it earlier. I don't know. Yeah, I can't remember when he said that. Was it when they left the first time? <laughs> or when they left yeah, the left? Who knows? Oh. But he's clearly set up what the ending of the movie is going to be because he's kind of said, all right, don't worry about me. We're going to get out of this. I'm going to meet you at that hotel. Um, And then the Sardinian Sardinians fly away. And we're told now that the Gamibian army is about an hour away from where the megaforce is is stuck, basically. Right. And there's only one place that the helicopter that's going to rescue them can land. It's some dry lake bed. Yeah. So they got to get there. But they got to get through the Gamibian army. I think – I don't know why, but in my notes, I keep calling Guerrero Duke. I keep saying, hey, it's Duke, <laughs> and Duke did this. Yes, why am I calling him that? Duke Guerrero, that's his name. Is that his name? Oh, okay. Yep. All right. So Duke says, I'll make you a deal, Megaforce. I'll let you out of here if you basically – what, if, you leave, if they leave their weapons? Is that the idea? Oh, I didn't even catch that. <laughs> I, I thought that says, they had their way out, ahead. but I couldn't understand – I just couldn't understand why they were, you know, they were talking face to face and well, we're going to attack because I thought that they were right there. I didn't, I didn't yeah. catch well, that hour away. I wonder if Duke, I, I try to remember it was a few days ago when I watched. I think we get a shot of Duke kind of thinking about all this and trying to figure out well, what would Ace Hunter do? And I wonder if maybe if he went out ahead of the army and found Ace, you know, because they're old friends. Right. He's like, yeah, I'm going to give you a last chance. You can go. All I have in my note is he says, 
you can go if you put your weapons down. But it seems to me there must have been something else that I'm not remembering. But maybe. Well, Aether is not putting his weapons down. Well, no, it doesn't matter anyway, (laughs) by golly. There's there's all this business about how, you know, oh, Ace, you're such an idealist, and Duke Guerrero's like, well, I can't afford to be an idealist anymore. It's too expensive, blah, blah, blah. Right. Uh, And then we cut to Egg talking about an infrared topographical scan, or they're talking about Egg, I guess. He found an infrared topographical scan showing uh, there's one trail that will lead them over the mountain around the army. We cut to uh, Guerrero being all pensive. He's got this look on his face like he's trying to figure out, well, okay, what are they up to? What are they going to do? Oh, that's right. Yes. They, yeah. they were guarding the lake bed. Right. And they're, they're, they had their backs to the mountain range. The tanks were facing away from the mountain range, so they went yes. up to the mountain range. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So they're thinking, well, there's no way the megaforce can get out. Why are they so confident? What are they up to? And then we see the rescue planes coming in, I think. Two of them, right? I think there's two. Yeah. My note says, here come the rescue planes. No, wait, they're just supposed to blow stuff up. Did they blow some stuff up? I think they did, but they were supposed to, um, they were telling them that they were going to be, they were telling the pilots that they were going to be taking a lot of uh, damage or something like that, that they were basically going in as bait or something. Yeah. I I think it ends up that they, they are damaged and they can't take the equipment or something. They can only take the people. Okay. Uh, seems like they make a big deal about that. I don't know why. Yeah. So I think they I think they put their equip. They said, "All right, we gotta leave the equipment. Then we're going on on foot, I guess." Yeah, they had to run to the plane. They got to run. And I think they set their uh, timer on their equipment to blow up, self destruct. Yes. Because um, of course they don't want Dorera to get their stuff. Right. And I think and Ace Hunter stays behind for well, reasons. Well, um. There was an explosion on his motorbike thing, and he fell off of it. Oh, that's right. He got yes. knocked out for a second or something like that. Yeah, but everyone but else, there's... You're, yeah, you're so missing there's... all the uh, the colored smoke, the stuff that happened. With the oh, yes, yes, thank you. <laughs> what was the deal with the colored smoke? I don't know. <laughs> I sat there looking, and I thought, and I don't remember, what, I should have written down what the colors were, because are the colors important? What colors they are, somehow? I, I think they were just trying to... I think I think maybe it was like using it for cloaking or something. That suppose that's what it seemed like to me. I'm not sure why so many colors or how they could see because yeah. there was one point where the motorcycle all the, it was running right through the smoke. I was like, well, how can they see all this? Smoke? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I don't know. And again, like everything else, nothing, it's not explained. We don't know why. Right. right. But oh no, Ace Hunter's down at this point. Everyone else is like, all right, we got to keep running. So they go to the helicopter. You know, I already said they're leaving their equipment behind. Yeah. Um, they wait for them for a little while. They do. Yeah. They we get the we get the shots of, of of the team looking really worried and looking at their watches and looking out the back of the plane and oh man, where's where's Ace? You know. Yeah. And then surprise, Ace has gone back to see his buddy Duke. <laughs> Basically, neener neener Duke. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. I just wanted to say goodbye. And uh, remind you that the good la- – good I, I, I like this quote. The good guys always win, even in the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was awesome. I heard that right. That, that's what he said. <laughs> yeah. 
and I think it's a callback to some earlier thing that we didn't mention, where they were having a discussion how things aren't like they were in the 70s. Oh, okay, okay. So I love this line. Good guys always win, even in the 80s. Someone's got to put that on a T-shirt. I, I want to see that. <laughs> that is uh, good. I love that. <laughs> yeah. So like you said, uh, it's basically a neener neener. Yeah. And then he gets on his on his motorcycle, takes off. At this point, I made a note here, as has come up many times, why didn't the Gamibian army just shoot him? <laughs> yes. <laughs> he had this look of shock on his face that he would dare to, to thumb his nose in their face or whatever. He's but he gave himself. him thumbs up too, didn't he? Yeah, he did the thumbs, thumbs up, up thing. And he's by himself. <laughs> just shoot him. Uh, but they yes. don't, of course. No. So he takes off. The helicopter or the rescue plane takes off. And, right. oh, no, what's going to happen? You know, they're flying away, but they're leaving the back of the plane open. My wife noted that everybody should have fallen out right. <laughs> at that point. But they don't, you know. Oh. You know, what's he going to do? They, they took off. You know, what, what's Ace going to do? Well, it turns out the helicopter has wings. Yep. I guess they're what? They're the, like motorcycle. the motorcycle. The motorcycle. I'm sorry. Yes, the motorcycle. Uh, they're actually like airfoils or something, right? Yeah. But basically they're wings. And here we get perhaps the, you know, what is already a questionable special effects movie. Oh. We, we get possibly the low point yes. of, of the special effects. Oh, my gosh. Barry Bostwick on a, on a flying helicopter, on a flying motorcycle, flying into the plane. Yes. Wow, was it bad. Oh. It's all head on, and he's like going around in circles, and he's upside down, and ugh. I didn't get. It's, I especially didn't get the upside down thing. What was that? I didn't either. But, I don't know. No, no. Uh, was he doing it on purpose? Was he out of control? I don't know. He seemed. He was smiling, so it made me think he must be doing it on purpose. So oh, okay. It actually, what it made me think of was Elliot and ET <laughs> on the bicycle, and how much better that special effect was. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, than this sure he had more money to play around with. Spielberg probably had a little more money to play with. You're right. Yeah. So, yay, he, he gets on the plane. <laughs> Cut to General, what's his name? General Devon. I guess it's like a press conference or something, and he's basically disavowing any knowledge. Yes. Of, right. of anything that's been going on. I, I have no idea. I, I don't know. This is shocking. Yeah. But then, of course, just at that point, the megaphore sweeps in. Right. But General Devon immediately... Flips around then. He's all happy. And he's like, hey, it's them. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh. So they land. I guess there's some sort of an exchange that I didn't really write down. And then he he gives uh, Zara the line about how, or, or whoever he's talking, I guess he's not actually talking to her. He's talking to him. Right? I've got a date in London. And he does the thumbs up again. Oh, right. right. And I think that's the end of the movie, right? I think so. Yeah, I, I, just, I wanted to watch through the credits because um, Hal Needham, the director, also directed Campbell um, Run and Smoking in the Bandit. So I was like, well, maybe they'll have something at the end that I just couldn't do anymore. I, like, I, I, I stuck it out because I also thought there was supposed to be something after the end, and there's not, at least not on on the uh, edition they put on Amazon. But because uh, I stuck it out too through the whole credits. They did well. I didn't. <laughs> they did. Yes. I saw them showing like a motorcycle coming towards the screen. Right? Is that what they started with? And then that was it. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So then I asked the family what they thought. 
my daughter had already left the room. She's like, I'm done, I'm done with this. Uh, like I said, even my son, who this movie's made for, yeah. I wasn't much older than him when this movie came out. Oh, um, yeah, that's true. It would have been uh, – would. And this is who – that's who the movie's targeted at. He, even he thought it was terrible. <laughs> and he I mean, and he's okay. He's charitable with the idea of special effects being not being great. Oh, but that's, even with that in mind, he said, yeah, this is a bad movie. And, of course, I mentioned uh, my – Jill was my wife was almost sitting there, op- uh, a jaw agape, almost at the end of this movie. Like, what did you just make me watch? Yeah. So, Ugh. so that was the uh, quick survey in my house of what they thought of this movie. Uh, I don't know. Having gone through it now, have you ch- have you changed your opinion at all? Oh, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> you might have but, even gone down a little bit. But I will. I did find out that um, Rift Tracks uh, did this, so I yes. do want. That, yeah. When I was looking for versions to watch that, frankly, <laughs> I didn't have to pay for, <laughs> I saw that there was a Rift Tracks version, and I do want to go back and watch that sometime, but I haven't yet. It used um, to, the whole yeah. movie used to be on YouTube because when I did the show, I think it was like maybe three years ago when I did my my show on it, it was on yeah. YouTube at that point, but it's not now. And least, I'm pretty sure, you know, my my episode was this year sometime. Uh, yeah, yeah. a few months ago and I'm pretty sure I saw it on there too at that time okay. I didn't watch it but I saw it was there which made me think oh maybe I should go back and watch that later but yeah. it's gone now that I, as far as I can tell alright so I think it's pretty clear what we think of the movie <laughs> what do we think of since this is an, an Atari podcast what do we think of turning this movie into a video game I mean it makes sense I think I, I guess it's a 20th Century Fox property I guess they, so. yeah. the, uh, all the most of the games that 20th Century Fox did were based on 20th Century Fox properties. I think, except for Bank Heist, that was the only one that wasn't. Uh, well, on the earlier ones too, the Red Label ones. Um, okay. Deadly Duck, War One. You just did War More One, didn't you recently? I've done both Deadly Duck and War More One this year. Yeah. Okay. I liked them both. I think. Yeah. Actually. Yeah, I like War One quite a bit. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it makes sense. You don't have to pay licensing or anything like that. So yeah, do you remember much about the game? I don't yeah, really. I, I actually played it again today. Um, I wasn't really clear on again, like the movie. <laughs> you're supposed. To play the game. <laughs> I uh, I did not go back and play the game again. I listen. I actually, while I was doing other stuff today, I listened to me talk about the game. So I, did I. On my you episode, and- just to remind myself what I said. Yeah, and I think I said it was kind of, sort of like it, like Defender, sort of. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I honestly, for the life of me, I can't remember actually playing it. So, okay. Um, well, it's basically um, it's the uh, the end part, the um, uh, the, the like you said, the the motor. It, it's either a motorcycle and it can fly at the same time, which is only you only see it at the end. Right. Basically, you have to protect Sardoon. But you can also get points for destroying Sardune, which I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know. You have to um, get away from Sardune to Gamibia, and you have to destroy Gamibia. And if you destroy all the buildings in Gamibia, then it's the next – you go to the next wave. Yeah. And I guess it was kind of cool because you can – you're a motorcycle on land, and it, you automatically become the, the flying thing. Yeah. So you can do both, and that's kind of cool. It's too bad – the technology of the day wasn't good enough that that they could render uh, the blue headband <laughs> on your guy yeah. in the game because I, I think that's really what's missing. 
It's really a it, the gameplay is okay. I mean, it's yeah. it's kind of um, it's a beautiful looking game. I remember that. Yeah, it's really a beautiful game. Um, it was done by Doug Newbauer. He also did um, Solaris. Okay. 2600 and uh, Alien, and also did um, Star Raiders for the uh, Atari 800, which is a okay. very, very popular game for that uh, system. Yeah. yeah. But it's really, it's a beautiful game. I'm just not, I didn't like it when I played it. I didn't hate it this time, playing it now three years later. Um, I just have to get more, figure out more of how to actually get points in the game. Because <laughs> I, I, wasn't, I wasn't really, like I said, I wasn't clear yeah. about how why you were getting points for destroying Sardune, who you're supposed to be defending. And I don't remember even noticing it, that what I was destroying was necessarily Sardune versus anything else. You know, yeah. I don't think I even got that much into it. So, I think that's where you start. Those buildings are white, and then it's the same cluster of buildings, but they're black and red. For okay. Game, I think. Okay. Uh, I'll have to go back and play it again, as with a lot of these games. Uh, yeah. I just don't get the time to go back and replay as much yeah. as I would yeah. like. All right. Well, that was Megaforce. I guess, do you have any closing thoughts about the the movie? Uh, about the movie? Yeah. Like I said, I would like to watch it with uh, the riff tracks on because sometimes, uh, even with the riff tracks or Mr. Science Theater, it's just – it's a slog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. We watched the first one of the new season tonight, Mac and Me, which okay. I was prepared to hate, but it was actually very funny, so – but this movie, I don't know. Barry Boswick is not – he was just so weird in this movie. Yeah. Just so smarmy. <laughs> and I, I don't have enough of a feel – like I, said, I, w- I wasn't kidding. I've only seen him in two other things. I don't have a feel for his his uh, oeuvre right. uh, of his career. I don't know – does he play that kind of character a lot or, or was this a going against type or, or what? But I would imagine it's going against type. I mean you know, he's kind of a, a bumbling um, – meek person in Rocky Horror and then uh, kind of the same thing <laughs> as the mayor. Well, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, just you know, uh, quite a bit older, you know, 20, 30 years older. So be not meek, but just stupid. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Big hearted, but not but kind of clueless. Yeah. It's like kind of like the uh, governor in Benson. Yeah, exactly. That, it's exactly <laughs> that kind of character. Yeah. So, yeah, I had a hard time with that. Maybe I, I don't think, though, even if they had gotten – whoever the uh, the action guys of the early 80s would have been. I mean, it wasn't even quite – I guess Stallone was an action guy by then, but – Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Schwarzenegger – I don't know. When did Terminator come out? Uh, 84, I think. Okay, so there was just – I, I think it was just before Schwarzenegger hit it big. Yeah, there was still Clint Eastwood. He was still – There was still Clint. Guy. Boy, yeah. I have a hard time seeing Clint in this movie. They said, um, I was reading through Wikipedia and uh, IMDb, they said that they had, they were talking to a big star about it, but they didn't mention who it was. It could have been like a Stallone type. Yeah. That's who the kind of who they want, I think, for a movie like this. Oh, sure. Yeah. But I don't know that that would have helped any. Um, right. <laughs> I think it was still a, it was still a bad movie. It and was I, bad. And maybe an, I might have even not in, had as much fun. If you had a real action guy in there. Uh, oh, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I think because then it would have, in a way, I guess maybe Barry was taking it less seriously. and It's possible, yeah. It didn't make it a better movie, but it maybe it made it more fun to watch, at least for me. 
I don't right, know. Right, right. I don't know. Uh, I'm, you had fun. <laughs> I, I, and I can't explain why. I, there's no reason I should have. Right. But I got done. That's I thought yeah, well, that was kind of fun. Maybe you had no expectations because it's. I, th- I think that's what it was. I had no, it, it, and actually, the expectations I had were wrong. Like, like we said earlier, I thought it was going to be a post-apocalyptic uh, road warrior type right. thing. And it wasn't that, of course. So one thing that I really liked was that all the vehicles were actual vehicles that they built and they worked. Yes, yeah, and that is a definite plus because if they had tried to special effects those, they would have just been awful. Yeah, so. I think the original in the 1989 Batman, the Batmobile didn't actually be, it can only go like 10 miles an hour or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and there oh, was I didn't know that. Uh, there was another thing that they did where there was some kind of new filming technique, which is kind of similar to the holograms that they have in there, oh, where you could oh. film against the photograph or something. I made a note on that. Okay. Thank you. Right, way back to start of my notes, I, is that the intravision thing? Intravision, that's what it's called, yep. Because my note is – because the, op- the opening credits, which we didn't really talk about, uh, the opening credits are rolling over – like these black and white images of tanks and stuff. Yes, and I wondered I, I is that, that the is that intravision? I, I don't know what intravision is. I don't know. That looks more like. Um, oh gosh, what's that called? Is that rotoscoping. Rotoscoping. Is that what it is? Uh, it is that, lo- that's what it looked like to me. But I really like the opening credits quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. I should. I should. We should have noted that earlier. Y- yes, I did too. Um, <laughs> see, there's something we liked. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then the movie started. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so okay, so intravision. What what is that then? Um, let me see. I'm looking it up now. Um, it's a system that allows actors to walk in and out of photographs instead of sets. So I guess maybe wow. it's an early type of green screen type of thing. So is that how how Ace gets on the plane then of his motorcycle? Uh, n- well, it said um, it was used to create the headquarters for the private army. Oh, 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 okay, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, okay. Because when Ace gets, when they, when they um, put Ace on the plane off his motorcycle, you can clearly tell he's just sitting there on his motorcycle and and some stagehand right. pushed pushed the motorcycle onto the set. Yeah, that was supposed to be the back of the plane. Oh, so so bad. Yeah, it was the same was thing the same too with the uh, um, the parachuting. I mean, they combined actual parachuting um, footage with. Uh, like really terrible <laughs> where they're just kind of laying on something, you know, and they green screened it out and oh, so bad. Yeah. It's so bad. And if they, if they hadn't done, if they had just stuck with the regular parachuting footage or if they did one or the other, it wouldn't have looked so bad, but ugh. I think you're probably right. Yeah. But I mean, these guys were stuntmen, I think. So you would think they would know here's what's going to look good on screen. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, there's probably all sorts of concerns there. they got to deal with budgets and studio executives and whatever. Yeah. So. And I was thinking, too, that maybe that was the best they could have done, but then you reminded me of E.T., which is it's the same here, I think. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, and I may have to go back and watch that. Maybe that doesn't look as great as I remember either, but I seem to remember it looking pretty good. Yeah, I have. Have you seen it since 82? Because I haven't, I don't think. I... I mean, I have kids, and my my kids' entire lives, I've been trying to get them to watch E.T. because I think, oh, well, right. it's a kids' movie, and I can't get them to do it. So, <laughs> uh, so honestly, I probably have not actually. Okay. I've seen it since '82, but I liked it then, I guess. Yep. yep. Me too. Me too. 
why just never on my own? Because you know, I'm a grown man. I can if I want to watch a movie, I guess I can watch it. But that's true. That's true. I just never, never, you know, I never got around to it. There's always other stuff to watch, like uh, like Metaphorce. Right. <laughs> I could have spent Saturday night watching ET, but no, yeah, I had to watch this one. Watch Megaforce. Oh boy. <laughs> so if you were gonna pick another. I'm not committing you to do this, but if you were going to pick another video game tie-in movie, well, first I'll ask you, do you watch a lot of video game tie-in movies? Well, um, I have watched Crawl, and okay. Crawl is awful, but the game is great. I love the okay. game very much, but the movie is – oh, it's so bad. I don't really know either one, so – it's, I've heard it's, of it, but I got a lot of crap for saying that it was a bad movie because people out there apparently love it to death. But I just, I think you had to be, you had to watch it when it came out. I think it was like eighty two or eighty three when it came out. Okay. I, I did not see it until I guess last year when I did the the game. But yeah, okay. that's it's bad, very bad. Um, I'm looking at what's what I have for. I think I watched Fantastic Voyage. I mean. 20th Century Fox really kind of dug into the into the um, the past for some of their some of their movies. I think. Well, right? yeah, because isn't Fast Fantastic Voyage originally like the 1950s or 60s? Uh, I think it was 66. If I'm not mistaken. One of those classic uh, sci-fi kind of those movies are, are cool. I like those. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. Watch that. I haven't seen that. I, I think I saw it when I was a kid, but I haven't seen it in a long time. Okay. I mean, E.T. we talked about. Um, sure. Yeah. Lost Ark is – Yeah. I, I don't really understand the game that much, but the movie is great, obviously. <laughs> well, of course, yeah. yeah. I, I've never – I don't think I ever successfully completed the game. Yeah, um, yeah neither have I. I liked um, – the, the Alien game really didn't have anything to do with the, the movie itself, but I liked right. it very much. Okay. Uh, there's also Flash Gordon, which I haven't seen since I was a kid, but I don't know if I've done the game yet. I don't. I haven't. I don't. No, I don't think I did Flash Gordon yet, and I haven't played the Alien game. So there's a lot of good movies that have games connected to them. Yes, not necessarily good games though. But yeah, are there any 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 ones with great movies, great game? I don't know if I can think of any. Well, if you. If you're not going to follow the plot, I think uh, Alien. Okay. Alien go, would go for that, would be in that category, in my opinion. Okay. Okay. And I don't necessarily know if Superman was made to capitalize on the movie, but I like mm. Superman quite a bit, and a lot of people don't like it. <laughs> yeah, it was. I liked it when I was a kid. I still like it now. Um, yeah. I get why people don't, but uh, yeah, I don't know that necessarily connected to the like the '78. The Christopher Reeve Superman movie, per se, so much as the character, you know. Well, there's uh, Empire Strikes Back. That's a pretty good game for the. Oh. Okay. And it's I don't a good... know that I've played the game yet. It's um, sure it's kind of like Defender. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's just when it's doubt. the uh, the Adat the Adat Walkers is that right? That's oh, okay. Cool. Is, yeah. Yeah. The, the uh, yeah. I know what you mean. Okay. It's. It, I think with the 2600, it's very hard to make a movie-based game that follows the movie. Well, sure. Yeah. Because yeah. there's lots of limitations there. Yeah, um, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately. But but uh, but that's okay because it's still an excuse to watch great movies. Right. <laughs> like like this one. Yeah. Um, so you've watched a lot of <laughs> a lot of 
movie movies with video games connected to them. Are there any still that you would like to see? You said you haven't seen Fantastic Voyage yet. Um, I don't know. Uh, um, I guess I well, if I if I haven't done Flash Gordon, and I don't think I did, I would like to watch that again. So I'd I remember like to watch it anyway. Kid, yeah. I just I, I remember liking it as a kid. I'd like to watch it again just to watch it. Just, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, other than that, I don't. I think I've done quite a bit of the movie based. Uh, I think I have a Star Wars the arcade game to go. I don't think I've done that one yet. Oh, okay. I'm sure I have a copy of Star Wars somewhere. Like, yeah. I mean, that's a good. That's a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, you you like Star Wars, do you? Yeah. <laughs> you're you're in that small camp of people. Right, right, right. That, uh, yeah. the the cult favorite, the the cult classic uh, Star Wars. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but I well, can't have any more that I haven't already done. Okay. Hmm. What about you? What are there any that you're looking forward to to watch? I'm trying. To, well, I'm trying to think because I asked the question and I can't. Several of them that you mentioned, I haven't actually. Well, I've, I've I've seen the movies. I haven't played the games. I guess I haven't played Alien and and uh, so forth. No, I can't think of any. Well, I I haven't seen the Mario Brothers movie. Oh, okay. Um, which I'm prepared to to think is bad. Right. It looks bad to me. Okay. But I haven't I haven't seen it. But you said it's really good. Right? I liked it. I didn't think it was okay. as, good as everybody says. But you know, I didn't like this movie or Crawls. <laughs> <laughs> and well, I actually saw it when it came out. I think I went to the theater to see it. Not oh, mistake. okay. Yeah. Okay, so I'll probably the next one kind of video game connected movie I watch will probably be that. Well, we've still got uh, uh, Pixels, which isn't a, a tie, uh, which isn't a takeoff on a game, but right. it's about arcade games. Yes. Uh, I'm actually I've got the Blu-ray right here. It's still in this. I haven't even broken the seal yet. Oh boy. <laughs> um, but I keep thinking I should watch this. Uh, and that's that's not quite what we're talking about, I guess. But right. So I'll probably watch that at some point, uh, the Mario Brothers movie. I don't know, maybe over the holidays I'll break some of those out. So sounds good. Because uh, uh, yeah, not to spoil anything for the people listening, we're recording this uh, well before the holidays. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, all right. Do you have any other thoughts? Anything we haven't covered yet? No, I don't think so. All right. Well, uh, once again, it was a, a privilege and an honor to uh, to get to talk to you finally. Oh, same here. And I am sorry. <laughs> That you, <laughs> that you lost uh, an hour and 40 minutes watching the movie plus uh, the hour plus that we've been talking. No, this, no this was enjoyable. <laughs> I like this. Um, <laughs> you know, maybe you can get some of your life back now and uh, forget this ugliness ever happened. Yeah. So. <laughs> I um, did have a couple did, listeners yeah. who kind of chastised me for not watching the movie when I did the game. So now. Now I feel well, better about it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, it sounds like it sounds like you usually do that, right? You usually, when around the time that you do the game, you watch the movie. There was, or, a, there was just a, crawl. I did that with. Oh, okay. I, I the had, other ones you. Yeah, I hadn't. I hadn't. See, I had already seen ET and Raiders of the Lost Ark. So. Oh, okay. So you're, that's not necessarily your practice to. Okay, I'm doing this movie game. I gotta watch the movie too, necessarily. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well. Okay, I guess uh, I guess that's it. We're we're uh, embarking on 2019. You're gonna keep doing uh, the the uh, Atari game by game, I assume. Yeah, we gotta keep and, going. <laughs> and uh, I'm not going any. Well, you've got other shows too. Uh, please stand by and, and all of that. So yes, everything's chugging along into into the new year, and yep. uh, and we'll be here at Atari Bytes. Hopefully, 
Uh, I've been doing the show two plus years. Hopefully, it won't be two more years before you come back. So okay. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again, Ferg. Thank everyone, this is Michael, one of the hosts of the Atari XEGS Cart by Cart podcast. Do you like Atari? Of course you do. What about the 8-bit computer line? It was one of the best. Well, how about you consider joining Bill, David, Kieran, and myself as we review the cartridge-based games for Atari's 8-bit computer line. We also review budget games which are mostly released only in the UK. But that's not all. We also dig up game history, share personal experiences, and perform questionable comedy. You'll get all of that and for free just by listening to us on either iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Player FM, or from our website at xegs8bit.com. That's X-E-G-S, the number 8, bit.com. And when you're done listening, please send us your hate mail, because we really need the feedback so we know someone is tuning in. And that's our show. My thanks, huge thanks, to Ferg for coming on the show. Uh... I don't need to tell you to go listen to the Atari 2600 Dan by Dan podcast, and please stand by. Many, not all of you, but many of you listening uh, were probably listening to those shows way before you ever heard of this one. Um, but if you aren't listening to those shows, fix that. Go listen to them. Thanks also to Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com for Creative Commons use of his songs, Reformat, Pinball Spring, and Take a Chance. Thanks to Mike Mann for his Mad Mike Hughes theme. You can find show notes for Atari Bytes at ataribytes.libsyn.com. You can email the show at ataribytes2016 at gmail.com. You can like the show on our Facebook page. You can follow the show on Twitter at, wait for it, Atari Bytes, or follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. I am also occasionally on Instagram, though probably not as much as I should. Listen to Atari Bytes, uh, as you already know, because you're listening to it, wherever fine podcasts are sold, distributed, or foisted upon you, like... Uh, like uh, candy canes at the holiday season. But remember to pilot your flying motorcycle into Apple Podcasts for review before Apple takes off without you and blows something up. Also, you can support the show financially on our Patreon Atari Bytes page, and I will thank you in advance for doing that. Make that your New Year's resolution. How about that? Not just me, but any the podcast that you listen to and enjoy, keep in mind, um, it's not free to bring those uh, episodes to you. Maybe, you know, you do what you can to, to help some of those uh, podcasters out. And if you have time, speaking of other podcasts, check out my other show. It's a podcast, Charlie Brown. New episodes of that thing drop on the 15th of every month. And this is a show where we do a deep dive into anything related to Peanuts. And I mean anything. We talked about, obviously, the comic strip, the TV specials, the movies. I had an interview with the guy who wrote and illustrated a graphic novel reimagining Charlie Brown as a dystopian cyborg bent on revenge. Uh, seriously, we'll talk about anything in the Peanuts universe on that show. So, go check it out. You're a Snoopy fan. You know you're a Snoopy fan. You've got friends and relatives who are all about a Charlie Brown Christmas or adorable little Woodstock or whatever. Go go listen to the podcast. Thank you in advance for that as well. All right. Well, we're now going to kick off 2019 what is our first game of 2019 going to be? I can't wait to find out. And I do that by saying this. Next time on Atari Bytes. Human Cannonball. That's right. We're going doing a deep cut here. Way back to 1978 with uh, a, a pretty original Atari game 
No frills, just fun. Or is it? We'll find out next week, and we'll dredge up some sort of a story out of that. What do we have to work with? Humans and cannonballs. Alright, should be fun. So until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you.